something like that. And even then it's not done to your format. You won't like it. It's highlighted and it doesn't want to. Hmm. That's fine. Okay. I will put up with it just for this once. Superb. <laughs> And welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name's Justin Twyford, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, John Dezan. John, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Justin. How about you? I'm doing good. Hey, you know what we're doing today, John? We're uh, talking <laughs> about horror stories? <laughs> we are. This uh, slightly delayed episode, since we wanted to put this out in October for Halloween, and we never got there. So it's a little spooky, and it's completely out of sync with cold night, cold dark nights and time to make you think about horror. The birds were singing this morning. It's a beautiful day. But you know what? We got some great content, and I think it's a good idea to share it rather than wait and sit on it any longer. So first things first, John, do you want to talk to us a little bit? Tell us about John's new microphone. Well, John, yes, John, <laughs> if anybody can hear the difference, I know I can hear the difference. Justin says you can hear the difference. I've got a nice new recording setup uh, made by Audio Technica, which is a, well, it's not a cheap microphone, let's put it that way. <laughs> very easy to set up and so far very easy to use. So I'm very happy and I'm hoping it uh, comes across in the quality of our recordings. So far, to my ears, you sound so much better. Ah, the, the dulcet tones. The dulcet tones, as uh, our, our special guest, Mr. Pat Redmond, had once yes. said. That's it. And I'm, and I'm willing to bet he got it the same place I did. I'd heard of it before. It was on a TV show in the 80s, Night Court. Okay. Well, dulcet tones is, I believe, a reference from classical books. I'm not going to Google it right now because that makes for really, really boring podcast listening. But uh, <laughs> the dulcet tones, I believe, is from uh, classic books. And it might even go back as far as the aforementioned uh, Don Quixote. Uh, De La That's possible too. Uh, because I believe there was a reference to it there in an early English translation. However, my... Entomology could be way off, so uh, I think we should start the show. Yep, works for me. All right, so the first thing we want to talk about and introduce is a model car build-off. Uh, we have been having some chats. Uh, I think by now, if you're a regular listener, you know we have the Slack channel where we chat to each other and we chat to our, some of our audience and some of our guests and uh, have, a, have a great time. One of the questions that came up is, what are we going to do for a build-off this year? Last year, I think we were a little aggressive on timelines because neither John or myself, for reasons that I blame Mobius for. Um, <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we didn't finish that build. It's sitting there mocking me, saying, oh, yes, uh, bent part, bent part, you've got to fix it. Uh, but uh, we, we didn't finish our own builds, which really sucked. Uh, so this year, we're, we're going to extend it a little bit. And rather than go for a kit, because if you have a kit and it's defective and you're mad at it, um, I didn't want to build it anymore. So we, we decided to open it wide. Uh, so, John, do you want to tell us what we decided as a topic that everybody seemed to be interested in? 
Well, I believe the general idea is we were going with a birth year build. In other words, build a model of some car from the year that you were built in. <laughs> I guess I should say born in, but... Yeah, let's go with born in because, you know, those uh, the, anybody within the first uh, eight months of the year, uh, they were actually built the year before. Yeah, that's and that's where I fit too, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I'm I'm a December baby. So for me, you know, I, I was wouldn't uh, change a darn thing. <laughs> I, I I got it, but um, no, uh, the the year of your birth. Uh, we figured there's lots and lots of topics uh, depending with whether you're uh, a muscle car builder like John, or you're an exotic builder like myself, or you just like something weird and wonderful. Uh, there's there's likely something that you can fit in to this. Uh, quite quite easily. It gives you uh, lots of topics. It gives you lots of freedom to do everything from a box stock bill to an absolute wild customization. Yeah, just just as long as it's from the same year that you are. That's all we care. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be an original kit because it can be a re-release. The, the subject is from the year of your birth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the subject. The subject. Okay, I think we're we're finally getting there. Um, we're going to put an extended deadline on this one because nobody likes to rush. We're going to say November 30th, 2020. That sounds so long ago. So, so long away, but so really long it's just go, over. Yeah, but, it's not hey. that much longer than sort of six, seven, seven months. I think it is, but, um, it's, it's coming up pretty quick on us. Uh, so let's, uh, Come join us. Uh, come tell us what you're doing. Uh, post a copy of your kit on social media, what you're going to build. Tag us at Model Car Podcast, hashtag Model Car Podcast. The other thing you can do, uh, you can mm. tell us, uh, we'll set up a Slack channel for uh, content and conversation about what we're going to do. And we know that a lot of people have reached out to us via Facebook. Um, and I'm going to not rant about Facebook for a change. <laughs> yeah, you weren't here for the for the extra 20 minutes before we started recording where Justin did his job on that. So, <laughs> yes, uh, we, we do realize that a lot of you guys are out on Facebook and we want to make it easy for you. So we created a group called Model Car Podcast because we're so original and uh, come in. Uh, there is a really, really hard test that you need to and uh, to have the magic password to enter. And the question is, name one of the posts, uh, one of the hosts, one of the posts. One of the, yeah, one of the posts, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. Uh, the left post, the middle post, or the end post. Uh, name one of the hosts. Uh, it can be myself, it can be John, or Pat. Any one of us. Yeah, well, just out of curiosity, would we accept any of Pat's other names? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yes. Uh, you you get uh, a bonus badge if you... If you uh, Use the big squirrel as the uh, the entry word. There you go. The only reason we're doing an entry word and we're keeping it private is uh, because we want this to be a safe place for everybody. Uh, part of why we do the Slack group, the Slack group will keep going. Come join us there as well. We'll we'll have that uh, running at the same time. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's just easier if you're already on Facebook. Uh, quick, easy way to go. Uh, the idea, if you have, if a member, a potential member, has not taken the time to at least listen to the podcast and know who we are, they're probably not the kind of people that are going to post the quality type of discussion that we want. 
you know, we don't need any offshore um, men's health products or anything like that. So we're, we're, we're trying to keep it a little bit, and I apologize that there's an extra hoop to go through. But at the same time, it's really about what the experience is once you're in there. It's a one-time thing. Come join us. Uh, we'll have a link in our show notes. Uh, it is facebook.com slash groups slash model car podcast if you want to go straight there. You can probably just search us. We have the page that is the uh, the, the cover for our uh, our promotion, uh, the, the Model Car Podcast page. We also have the Model Car Podcast group. So just make sure you're at the right one. Click join, come join us. Um, we just launched this this week, and uh, by the time you see you see this, hopefully we'll have a few more members, and John and I will have decided what we may be building for our entries. Oh, you make it sound like I have lots of choices from 1968. <laughs> for your, uh, so tell me, I have I have a few, but uh, what what have going, you got? Any going thoughts? to the going to the year I was built in, that would give me another option, but. <laughs> uh, 68 was a good year for models there were lots of choices well pre, pre OPEC uh, the, the the final sort of years of uh, uh, of the muscle cars um, I can only think of three or four mo- models that, that I can really build of muscle cars from that year so I may huh. have to go looking I may have to go take a good extended look through my stash and see what I have from 68 uh, I'm sure there were lots of pick of uh, trucks that you could build that were probably built yeah, could have been built yeah, in '68. Yeah, but do you really want another Mobius truck in one of our build-offs? You can build whatever you like. Yeah, I'm sure as heck not going to be building a Mobius truck. Okay, but there's a nice kit from 1970 that they offered. <laughs> yes. So, so John is a uh, '68. I'm seven. I was born in '70. Yes, I'm going to be 50 this year. Uh, don't remind me. Thank you very much. It's uh, just a number, Justin. I've been there. I've done that two years ago or one year ago. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know. Almost I, two years. I, I've always heard that things start falling off at 50 and uh, my hair is already gone, so there's not much more important things that can fall off. Well, <clears throat> yeah, we're not going to go there on the show, but. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, um, my thoughts. We'll move along. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move along. I'm probably going to go something exotic. Um, I've got a few thoughts in mind. There's a couple of British kits that uh, could potentially fit into this this kit. Um, you know, some some Tamiya stuff, uh, some Gunsy stuff. Um, I might even go as far as picking a redheaded Italian because we all know how much I love those. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I've, I, it'll it'll be something on the other side of the Atlantic, I would guess. Uh, I don't know too many of the muscle cars. I think the only the only sort of uh, North American car that I could think of was uh, the uh, Hobby Heaven had the 1970 police car, right? Yeah, and just a few years ago, Reville offered a 1970 Dodge Charger. I don't think I have that one. I thought it was okay. a 71, but uh, anyway. No, they, they offered a 70, and the 70 is very nice. I just hadn't got around to it. I'm reading the current skill auto, and somebody, Chuck Kokalis or something like that, like that has uh, written an article on how to make sure to correct the one or two little errors in a kit, and I was thinking, well, that would be a nice car to build next, but hmm. it's not my birth year. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, I just have that in front of me, the last of a generation. Yeah. Easy upgrades to turn a pair of 1970 Dodge Chargers into stunners. Chuck uh, 
Oh my gosh. I yeah. I should yeah. I should have actually prepared this before I came on the air. Uh <laughs> Kura Kills, I think. Kura yeah. Chuck, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, and so do I if I get your name wrong. Really mean no disrespect, but uh two nice kits though. Um yeah, I, I just looked at that. Uh I'm I have scale auto on my desk because I keep getting the renewal forms. And I'm having a debate of whether I do renew or not. It's a challenge. Yeah, if it, you know, if everything was all was equal, you know, money was no object, I'd say get it. But now it it has gotten a question. It got worse. It's getting better now, if you ask me. So, but that's me. Yeah. Ever since I, the ever since Tim Kidwell took over as editor, I'm finding I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was. Yeah, I, and nothing against it. Uh, it's uh, one of the big challenges. Is most of our listeners know we're Canadians. And as a Canadian, uh, subscribing a year in advance, a year and whatever in advance, it ain't that much cheaper than going to the hobby shop and picking it up. Um, it's like over eight bucks uh, an, an issue for us. And the content is largely North American builds. So I'm, uh, you know, there. There's for me, John is much more excited about the differences between <laughs> this factory kit and that factory kit. I can tell I can tell you the difference between a sixty eight, a sixty nine, and a seventy charger and a seventy one charger. So <laughs> And I didn't even know there was a nineteen seventy charger until, until I five in. minutes ago. I, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge for me. I'd love to see something more in the exotic realm once in a while. Uh, so that's why that's actually sitting in front of me. Um, I'm interested. What do you guys do? Um, you know, particularly if you're somewhere that's not in North America with reasonable rates for this. Uh, do you subscribe? Do you for, for go on the Internet and look at their digital versions? Uh, it's it's something that uh, is is on my mind at the moment, mostly because I'm getting the urgent notices. It's time to renew. Yes, they they were doing they're still doing that to me, even though I renewed. So they just haven't the right hand has not caught up with the left hand yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you, you, you ship yours, uh, over to us mailbox, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. the only difference, yeah, I'm paying the exchange, but eh, that's okay. Yeah. I think if I was just paying exchange, I would be less concerned, but the exchange plus the extra shipping, uh, gets a little pricey. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway. Um, what do we have news from the hobby, John? Uh, do you think we talked the section to death? Last I, I week? think we talked it to death last week. I know, that my that the, the company that I the, the mail order the retail bleh, mail order retailer that I get emails from every week has listed some new European style kits, oh. but I was thinking, well, I don't know. Do we really need to go into it? <laughs> well, if you've got European style kits, uh, you, you've got to let me know who this mythical oh. um, person is because uh, I like the, I like those European things. Yeah, you do, don't you? Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm apparently not on their mailing list cuz I don't No, get... you're not you're not on his mailing list. I am on his mailing list. Uh Where the heck? All right. After show. This is not exciting. Yeah, podcasting. yeah, no, no. This is not exciting, but I thought I had my email at the top and it's not at the top. It's just a couple down from the top and because I would have gotten it on Oh, I must have already erased it. Well, I don't recall doing that. Wow. Lousy show prep, John. <clears throat> yes, you're right, though. <laughs> I really, I do not recall erasing it. Dang. I'm slipping. 
Uh, we're getting old. Uh, you know, people know how yeah, old the, we are now. The newest email I have that I saved is from the 13th, and it came in on Friday, which was the 15th, and I don't recall trashing it. Mm. Okay. Oh, well, uh, minor detail. Yes. If any, if anybody listen, listening is still with us after all this, uh, yeah, why, don't we talk, why don't we talk about what we're actually building? Yeah, and in your case, I'm guessing the crickets are talking very loudly. Uh, yeah, actually, I haven't had time to go down, uh, and uh, next up on my stuff is uh, uh, repainting the Pantera, uh, because I, I blew through the paint. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go down and do that. And I have yet to even set up uh, the new compressor that Chris sent me uh, with with my airbrush. Uh, it's just been one of those absolute crazy weeks around here. Uh, These things happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, just a, a crazy, crazy busy week. So I've had no time. The one thing that I have been doing, uh, I, I don't know if you ever do this. I, do you ever just sit in bed and look through your unbuilt kits dreaming of, what the next thing you're going to build is. Oh, that would be a little challenging for me, seeing as there's no kits allowed in my bedroom. Oh, you you got to talk to whoever owns your bedroom and tell them that <laughs> kits should be allowed there. <laughs> yeah, the cat would just love that. <laughs> He'd be going through them at night wrecking pieces. <laughs> uh, I I was sitting there the other day, and I was I was kind of, you know, I always hate it when I have a problem with paint because sometimes... Uh, things go back in the box, uh, you know, and, and the 24-hour build actually was, uh, I don't want to make excuses, but uh, the Pantera got put away so that I could clean off my desk for the 24-hour build. And now it's in a box. It's kind of out of sight and out of mind. You know, you lose the urgency on it. And now yep. <laughs> after completing the 24-hour build, I, I enjoyed that. The jo it, it's a job well done. You know, it's it's on my shelf. I'm happy. It's like, okay, what's next? The, there's something, the, the, oh, look, new shiny in my brain that goes, hey, what are we going to do next? So I was, I was sitting there the other night. I, I went to bed uh, a little earlier than my wife, and I was sitting in my bed just uh, reading, and I kind of looked over at uh, my kits. And next thing you know, I'm out of my, out of my bed uh, looking at some of the kits that are a little harder to see. I've got uh, sort of three different... Uh, shelving units there and some of them are kind of tucked away and i found a gunsy um the high-tech kit uh of a red-headed ferrari of course um <laughs> but uh it was their competition uh version which is i think one of the rarer ones you don't see it quite as often the the competition 250 so it's the one that has all the metal uh, suspension components and everything like that photo etched in it. And uh, I, I was down that deep dive of taking every part out of that kit and looking at it and oogling over it for oh, a good half hour before I finally went to sleep. Uh, but that got me really excited. It's like, oh, I, I don't even remember buying that kit, uh, which, you know, probably is because I'm getting old and my memory's going. That's one of the things that's falling off, too. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, wow, that was just such a great process for me. Uh, so I really have to make a determined effort to get my, my butt downstairs and, uh, paint, uh, the Pantera in, in Canada. We actually have tomorrow is, uh, a stat holiday, uh, an extra holiday that we have, uh, where I'm not at work. Uh, uh speak for yourself, boy. That's not a holiday here. <laughs> not in my part of Canada. <laughs> well, yes, but you guys make up other stuff. 
Uh, this is what. Well, yeah, we have. Uh, what is it? June twenty fourth, June twenty fifth. Yes, yeah, Saint Jean Baptiste. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. So uh, you get, you guys make that up. We make up a family day. Uh, so so tomorrow yeah, I'm that, hope, I'm hoping that's that the I can only get one we get though. Because <laughs> I know most of the other provinces have one holiday per month, right? I mean, this is February. You're getting a holiday. You'll have a holiday in March. I don't. Uh, I think it's April. It's Easter, okay. which is the next one. I don't know when that is. But you'll probably have one like in June or August or September. Well, September's Labor Day, of course, but uh, everybody gets. I, I know, I know you get them because I, you know, I have uh, a calendar of the type of dog that I used to have, my Skipper Key, and I look at that. Oh, yeah, they get a holiday today. They get a holiday next month. They get a holiday the month after that. Why doesn't Quebec? <laughs> uh, because they can't read English on the calendar. No, no, no. It's because of the simple clause, the distinct society. Oh, now we're getting political. <laughs> yeah, uh, time to move on. Uh, so time to anyway, move on. <laughs> uh, uh, back to the point. I have tomorrow off work. I'm hoping to get some paint on that Pantera hey. tomorrow. And also to set up the uh, the the new uh, um, compressor because I'm really excited to do that, but not excited enough to make time to do it, apparently. Well, darn. So, John, <laughs> let's talk models because uh, I've, I've talked excuses. What have you done? I was trying to think of that. It's just, you know, what have I done in the past two weeks? And I think I was actually rather productive, honestly. I mean, I know I finished my uh, 2018 Ford Mustang. I don't recall if that was, we talked about that last time. Um, I don't remember, and I should do because I edited that. Uh, yeah. And, the... You know, uh, listening to... Uh, an extra two hours is talking for two hours and then listening to us and editing two hours of talk. Uh, I don't remember anything that was in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't remember it either. I suppose I could have looked up the show notes, but I don't think so. I don't, think I don't believe there. we talked about it. So tell, so tell us now at the risk of boring our poor listeners, what, what you did to your Mustang. Well, it was inspired, believe it or not, by a skin in Gran Turismo 4, 5, whichever it is for the PlayStation. And the skin was developed for me by a friend in Australia, uh, and it basically replicates the, the look of the Bud Moore Mustangs as used in 1969, which was so close to my birth year, but eh, minor detail. <laughs> it would still be wrong on a, on a 2018 Mustang for my birth year, but eh, still. So we basically got a cream roof, a black horizontal services and then a burgundy below that and my original idea for doing the build was to well there never really was i never really settled on whether if i was going to do it as a group c car or if i was going to do it as a street car and given that tamia has said we're doing the group c car i said okay i'll do this one as the street car and wow <laughs> very cool uh, it's a, uh, so it's a three-tone, I believe, isn't it? Yes, it's a tritone. That's right. Yes. Uh, Tammy is racing white on the roof. Uh, and what, what are the other colors? Just plain black for the, the rest of the horizontal surfaces, and then uh, TS-11 burgundy for the vertical surfaces. Ah, straight out of the rattle can. Straight out of... The paint came straight out of the rattle can right into my airbrush. Ah. <clears throat> Team airbrush, thank you. <laughs> I, it looked really good. Uh, I, and then uh, I see you did another 
You're, you're 19... going over to the dark oh, side no, no, here. No, 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 no. I finished okay. off the 1960, the Trumpeter 1960 Pontiac Bonneville convertible too. Oh, yes, yes. I saw that on the spotlight. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Uck, uck, uck. My first and last Trumpeter car. Ah, was it as bad as Mobius? Broken parts? No broken parts, but the engineering leaves something to be desired in my book. I just was not happy with how they set some things up, and some things to me just don't look right. The engine looks a little blocky to me. The what? slackers have disagreed, but uh, the engineering, I assume that's where you're going. Well, I was going to ask. Well, in 1960, it wasn't uncommon for a car to have a grab handle on the passenger side of the dashboard, right? Um, sure. Uh, I, I can remember. The first car I remember riding in was a late 60s Volkswagen Beetle that I came home from the hospital in, and I know it had a grab handle above the glove box door. Well, the Bonneville has that too in 1960, and they engineered it so as the grab handle locates to both the dash and the passenger side inner door panel. Um, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that, that alone, that's just plain stupid. Yes, they were very nice in that they provided chrome insets to do all of the chrome down the sides of the car. That's great. But the, uh, the exterior door handles, the mirrors, the rear fender mount uh, antennas, all are not plated. Uh, Molotov to the rescue. Yeah, that, that, and that is what I did. But when the kit came out, it came out long before Molotov, Molotov, excuse me, came out. Oh, we've changed the name of Molotov now? I thought it was Molotov anyway. Um, I assume. I know, I know somebody is... corrected it on me. I know somebody corrected me. So. <laughs> Hold on. Quick little. Molotow, Molotow markers. Well, that's how they're spelt, but I thought it was like a German W, which is where a does it come from? gun. Well, I'm assuming. Yeah, but where where are they where do they come from to begin with? I don't know. I mean, if we go around calling it Molotov, it sounds like it's a you know a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> yeah, but a Molotov. It's not a Molotov tau cocktail. It's a Molotov. Anyway. Yeah, ah, things to, if, if any listeners somebody corrected know, me. somebody corrected me. That's all I know. If any listeners know, please, please let us know because we could talk about this for an hour. Oh, actually we follow the search a little bit quicker. Molotow home is Molotow knows best. Your interesting dicks for insider. Uh, that sounds like German to me. <laughs> Even if my German doesn't sound like German. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it, it, it sounded like voices. I'm not sure whether it, I, I'm not sure yeah. if they're just coming from your head or if you're reading those. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go with German and Molotov then. Yeah, Molotov then. Good. So whoever corrected me, you were wrong. <laughs> oh, you know, there's an email or a, a Facebook. Oh, thing I know somebody. Right we're now. gonna get something on Slack or on Facebook or something <laughs> within minutes of this episode hitting the air. Oh yeah. Okay. Ah, contact. That's all right. Contact on all the social medias, Model Car Podcast. <laughs> yeah. As you were saying, I'd moved on to the dark side. Yeah, I'd finished an airplane that I started oh, well over 10 years ago. And it's not, it's done. It's As far as I'm concerned, it's nice. It's not perfect. It would never win an award at a contest. But I'm happy with it, considering I don't normally 
do uh, freehand uh, camouflage patterns on aircraft. So I'm happy with it. And I'm also the current project that's because there's very, not very much left to it is another unfinished aircraft that I'd started years ago. And this one, I it's not freehand camouflage because it's a natural metal first generation jet, but there is an olive drive anti-glare panel both forward and after the cockpit. And I had to mask and paint that. And again, not perfect, but I'm happy with it <laughs> for some I've ever done that. And I'm sure there's people wondering, well, aren't you a model car guy? Mm, somebody once told me it's not wise to label yourself. And given that, you know, I like army tank, I like the occasional army tank. I love airplanes and cars. So I see myself more as a modeler than just a model car builder. Am I still on the show, Justin? I'm debating. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, no offense, John, but you know how, like, you, you hear those old TV cartoons and the teachers stood up there and you listen to the kids and the teachers going, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, somewhere after model airplane, <laughs> I go, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> well, I will limit what I say about it, but it's just what it is. No, that's, that's cool, model, John. I'm, I'm just teasing you. It's cool. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're building anything. And an airplane still has wheels, sort of. It, yeah, sort of. It's just they're not powered. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and you have a Mac. Yeah, the Mac Granite tow truck is simmering on a front burner. I did some basic work to the crane of it last week after having a discussion with a certain friend of mine who will remain nameless. Oh, come on. You got to name him. You know who it is. So <laughs> you see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> I can only imagine what editing this is going to turn out like. Yeah, uh, Maybe I'll just leave it in and we'll just let everybody know how crazy we are some days. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. So so the Mac, uh, I saw that you got some new parts for that. Tell me about the new parts uh, from, a, from a toy oh, or the, something. Yeah, the, yeah, the toy, the toy, there was a toy, a 132nd scale toy tow truck that this unnamed friend gave to me some years ago. I know and, his name. Yes, you know his name. That's fine. I'm just not saying it so that you don't have any reason to do anything else. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so back back to the plastic parts. Back to the plastic parts. Yeah, I was wondering what I was going to do for it and he suggested, "Oh, what about the crane I gave you, you know, some years ago, some time ago and you could do this." I he said, "I don't know if it'll fit between your boxes or cabinets as I call them and but uh, I said, yeah, that's better than sacrificing the crane off of a 50 or $60 tow truck kit. So I came home, started work on it, and I've cut some things up, cleaned some stuff up, and taken out all the toy-like parts, like the middle, <laughs> the middle pivot points. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, sure. It's got a knurled metal, knurled metal on one, knurled like a handle on one end. Mm-hmm. So it's stuck into the plastic and it wasn't coming out easy and well, I didn't want to break the plastic, but I won. That's what matters. <laughs> uh, it looked like I saw uh, saw marks on some of the plastic. Yeah, but you'll never see that because the truck will be displayed with the boom down. So Okay. And I've also started work, no pictures yet, of the the subframe that the crane is mounted to and then the subframe is mounted to the truck's frame. So, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Very ambitious. Uh, and that's now uh, simmering on a front burner. On a front burner, burner, yeah. If, you, if this we if we talked about this a week ago, it would have been on the back burner. So, 
All right. It keeps moving. Yep. Front burner's hotter. Front burner's hotter. Front burner's closer to getting worked on. Got it. Um, I wouldn't leave it there too long. It might melt. <laughs> Just as long as cat doesn't get to it, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy, this is, uh, this is like one of the weirdest. Um, well, yeah. it's Halloween. Come on. <laughs> You need Halloween to get the monster. February, yes, you need to get the monster mash music on here or something. <laughs> uh, fair use policy, uh, prohibited. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, uh, I want to. Uh, our Patreon. Let's move on to Patreon. Yes, let's um, let's get moving. Otherwise, we're going to still be here at supper time. <laughs> we, we've got some serious thanks to to give out today. Uh, John's microphone, which hopefully you can all hear the difference, uh, you know, it, it actually means that we can have a conversation and not just me cringe every time he talks through that old headset. Um, old? Well, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even a year old. Yes, but anyway. It's not old. It's not old. Did you old like it? No, but. Yes, okay. <laughs> There's a difference. Just because it's, you know, it's not old, you didn't like it? No, but. Yes. Anyway, let's. Uh, I want to uh, shout out special thanks, uh, Tyler, uh, Dragon Speed Shop Online. So you guys may know him. He he had a uh, YouTube channel for a while. He's fairly active on some of the social medias. Dragon Speed Shop. Uh, he donated all of the funds for John's new microphone setup. Uh, that was a that was a large, uh, incredibly generous uh, donation. And, and thank you so much. Uh, so as I mentioned, they previously done YouTube videos. Uh, and we were talking, he's actually on our Slack channel as well. And uh, we we're chatting and he's uh, in the process of launching a new content product project. I think that's kind of why he's supporting us because, you know, if you do content, you realize the limitations of what you're listening to. You become a little bit more of a critic. Um, so he was so helpful in, in getting this set up. Uh, please follow him on Instagram. Uh, his Instagram will have a link in the show notes, uh, but basically it's Dragon Speed Shop. Uh, he's got some uh, new project he's working on and he's going to post some updates of it. Sounds really interesting. Uh, I'm not supposed to tell too much about it, uh, but uh, uh, please go ahead and follow him and also thank him as well for if, if you like John's dulcet tones. Um, please. The dulcet stylings of Mel Torme is where I got it from. Okay, maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we're not going to do any singing, though. We promise. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tyler, Dragon Speech Up, thank you so much. Uh, and the uh, another th uh, nice uh, thank you. We got a, a, a nice one-time PayPal donation um, from Robert uh, Dobley, is that how you say that, John? That's how I'd pronounce it. That's how okay. I would. Uh, Robert Dobley, thanks so much. Um, out of the blue, uh, just dropped us a nice uh, little donation that, uh, again, we're putting to some of the costs for, uh, you know, getting the, the show up, our production values up, and hopefully um, giving us uh, a, a better way to continue to bring the show to you, even if uh, after this episode you might want to not show your support anymore. <laughs> If you do love the show and you like what we do, even when we kind of ramble a little bit, uh, a couple of ways you can help us. One of those, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a way to give it a thumbs up, a like, a review, uh, please go ahead and do that. Uh, why is that important? It increases visibility. It helps people find us uh, because not everybody knows what podcasts are, and that we exist. Uh, it's, it's kind of a newer medium. Uh, the other way to do it 
is tell your modeling, model building friends about us. You know, get them to listen. Uh, send them a link. Share it on social media. You know, really helps us build an audience. The more audience we have, the better it is. The more discoverable we get and, you know, we continue to grow. And, and finally, you can shoot us some financial love because we, we, we like to pay our costs and uh, continue to build the, the, the podcast. A couple ways it can do that. We have a fundraising campaign on Patreon, patreon.com slash modelcarpodcast. Uh, you can take it with it. We use the, uh, the same name everywhere. Um, you can go and join us there. Uh, we've got some extras uh, for subscribers. We have a special Slack channel just for subscribers gives a little bit more um, access to people and uh, you know different levels have different things take a look on the website for even just a dollar an episode you can help us out and that would be really great if you're not interested in signing up on a patreon i get it completely uh, you can go to our website uh, modelcar.show supporters there's a link there to paypal you can just click on it Send whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you can spare. Uh, we appreciate everything, little or large. Uh, you don't have to buy his microphone, which is truly appreciated. But, you know, uh, every dollar helps out. Uh, so thank you to everybody that is supporting us at the moment and continues to support us. And uh, we will continue to hopefully put out uh, good content for you to listen to and uh, be part of that journey with us. And John. We're into the horror stories. I'm going to have to get some creepy music for this. Yeah, you definitely need to get some horror creepy music. stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to we've we've actually got some uh this will be fun because we've got some content from some of our listeners. Uh we've got our our own content. Um Anything you want to start with, John? Should we go with the show notes or Yeah, we'll go with the show notes. Why not? Go with the, the show notes. Uh, now, some of these are actually a little bit older because we did uh, go out to the community and ask for your input of this prior to our uh, ill-fated October uh, Halloween issue. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we thank you anyway, and we're, we still want to get these out. People have taken their time to do that. But I want to start with my nemesis, the evil thing on my workbench that I love so much. <laughs> yeah. Super glue. Uh-huh. Now, really good at gluing skin together, isn't it? <laughs> I, it's, you know, super glue is great when you slip when you're cutting something and you have that little, you know, that little number 11 nick in the corner of your finger that's bleeding everywhere. Super glue is great. Super glue is also terrible if you're not careful with it. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before. I may have mentioned it in the glue section, but that was a long time ago. I use super glue quite a lot. And one time I was putting the final assembly of a kit together. And you know what happens when you do that. You have your hand holding what you need to glue. You've got your kit together. You've got the piece in position. And you need a bit of glue. What do you do? Well, like all normal people, I grabbed my jar of superglue, my, my little container of superglue, and pulled the cap off with my teeth. Mm. I poured asking a, for trouble. I poured a little drop onto, onto the part that I needed, still holding with one hand the, the model. I got my glue, my little glue, 
stick out and, and glued it together. Everything went really well. And then I decided I wanted to recap the super glue. Hmm. The problem was <laughs> I had glued my lips to the super glue cap, top and bottom. Oh, how interesting. Oh, God, was that painful. And, you know, it's, it's a bit like, I, I, you remember when we were kids and somebody dared you to do something stupid like, hey, touch your tongue to the frozen light pole. <laughs> if you're Canadian, you know damn well better to do that. <laughs> oh, come on. You, you've either teased somebody to do it or you've done it yourself. We all have. Uh, anyway, it was pretty much like that. Um, thank God I had Debonder on my workbench. Um, but even with that, oh, my lips were so sensitive. I, you know, it was, it was funny because it wasn't at the bottom of my, like in the mouth part where it was wet. It was like at the top, just, uh, just below, uh, you know, where my mustache starts. And, oh, oh, anyway, it was, uh, it was painful. So you could just imagine me trying, trying not to, cause God not only knows how toxic all the debonder is, uh, because you have to put like a little bit of debonder in, then you kind of like roll back a little bit of the skin, then put a little bit more debonder in and roll back a little bit more of the skin. Uh, be- <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing this now. Yeah. And you got to do it at both the top and the bottom. So this is not easy. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was, yes. <laughs> Jeez. This, uh, this was one of my many, many challenges with super glue. <laughs> The, the the other one that came to mind, oh. uh, yes, uh, I, I did actually get through it as the fact that I'm talking now, because uh, well, yeah. otherwise i would be still talking with a lisp uh, and a cap. Uh, I, I did get through it, but uh, oh, I, the only thing I was glad was that my wife wasn't home at the time, because if she'd have seen me in the in the bathroom downstairs, oh, trying to there do would that, have been an instant click. <laughs> yeah. The phone would have been out. Take the picture and mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Just for that uh, day when you've done something to piss me off, you're in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. And did you know that it's still possible to swear a whole lot when you have super glue cap glued to your lips? <laughs> did I know it? No. Does it surprise me? No. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was testing this theory quite well. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Jeez. The, uh, the next one that I had, and, and, and I, again, I should know better. I get lazy. I get excited. You know, usually just like the super glue cap, that was actually finishing. Uh, what I was trying to do at that point was I had the model, I had the model on its side and I needed to glue uh, a wheel, uh, part part of the wheel assembly. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was uh, something had detached and needed a little bit more glue, but the whole kit was together. The glass was in, um, the, every, everything was in. And apparently this is something I do quite a bit. Uh, because uh, I finished this absolutely gorgeous Ferrari F30 with photo etch. It was a Fujimi kit, uh, bright red because, you know, uh, red-headed Italians, I I like them. Um, Everything was great. It was on its side. I think I was actually gluing the side mirror on. And you know how sometimes superglue starts to thicken a little bit? You ever had that, yes. John? Actually, yes. I've been experiencing that lately with my super glue, and I'm like, mm, I don't like this. <laughs> so I decant my super glue into a little lid of uh, like a um, yogurt or something like that. That we whatever comes out of the fridge that's clean, I can wash wash it off. 
that that plastic, I put my super glue on there. I have a little bit of uh, wire that I dip in, and that way I can control just how much super glue I I actually use. In this case, when it started to dry, it created like a spider web. And guess where the spider web went? <sighs> Not to where the spiders are in your house, that's for sure. Right. Uh, so this this Ferrari was on its side. I was gluing the final pieces together and I got a drizzle actually I got two drizzles of oh. super glue all down the side of the finished polished and waxed paint job yeah no. and there is nothing you could do because I didn't notice it at the time and super glue dries much harder than the paint itself oh there, yes it does there is no <laughs> polishing this out so uh, I yes, I, I ruined an entire uh, detailed. You know, this was one that I I bought this, the photo etch for. Everything was photo etch. It was just it was a gorgeous kit, up to the goobers down the side of it. So, mm. super glue is my nemesis. Damn. Yeah. Oh well, these things happen. Yeah, they're they're horror Not happy stories. About them. So. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully I don't have any new horror stories for uh, October this time. Uh, hey, speaking of Tyler from uh, Dragon Speed Shop, he actually wrote in a, a horror story for us. You want to read this one out, uh, John? Well, I guess I could. Okay, so from Tyler at the Dragon Speed Shop, he says that well, I have a horror story for you. It's the day before a huge show for him called the, the uh, Greater Salt Lake Championships. He was putting the last final touches on a 1950 Oldsmobile Custom. Everything was painted, detailed, and ready to assemble. I had the interior tub installed and was installing the fully cushioned frame. Custom frame. Cut, sorry. Yeah. Custom frame. Glued in the frame. It was a, it was a little, yeah, okay. It was a little bit, a little bit tweaked. So I pushed on the receiver hitch to adjust the, to adjust and the hitch broke off the custom frame. I put the body in the custom frame on the table to turn my chair to go find the parts. The receiver hitch. That shot off as soon as my chair spun around and the back of my chair had caught the custom frame and shot across the room, breaking it into four pieces. I had less than 20 hours to reassemble the frame and haltless. Yeah, and at, at the suspension components, right? Okay. Did you get the frame assembled in time? Well, he did, but didn't look right and was missing paint and lost some of the suspension parts. Hmm. I've, have you ever done this? Have you ever dropped something and then rolled your chair over it? No, I can honestly say I've never done that. Okay. Well, we will pretend I haven't either. <laughs> then you're not being honest. <laughs> oh, no. I When Tyler wrote this, uh, I was cringing because I've done... I, I, I've learned now, if anything pings off off a off a model it is guaranteed to fall direct and come to rest directly under one of the wheels on my chair guaranteed and so the first thing i i hear a ping you know that that moment where you know something's just gone flying i don't move at all i have a flashlight on my desk that i should look down and flashlight what what's wrong with your phone well flashlight is actually dedicated to that Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm old fashioned, you know. I guess uh, so. 
I, it's there. It's uh, it's always ready to go. Uh, but yeah, I actually have to look for it because I have actually driven over uh, parts that I've dropped before. And I'm guessing that this was exactly what uh, what Tyler has done. He's He's tried to fit something. It was a little too tight. Ping! Off it goes. Hit it with 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 his chair and destroyed it into four pieces. And oh, you know what that must feel like. You know, it's it's bad enough before. You know, if you mess up a, a car kit before you go to a regular build, twenty uh, four hour build. John, bring back any memories. Oh, don't get me started. I probably dropped something then. I don't recall it, but yeah, I know what you mean about you know drop it and it's like oh god, I freeze. Yep, you freeze. And very carefully look down from the chair. Can I see it? Can I not see it? I don't know. Where's the cat? That's the next thing that goes through my head. Yeah, that's the one That's the one variable I don't have to worry about, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty scary. Uh, it's, and, it, I mean, it's guaranteed. If I There's certain things that if I do it, the cat will appear out of thin air. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm polishing paint, bang, he's right there right between my legs and I can just look down there into the shadows under my desk and see these yellow eyes looking at me. What are you doing? Can I have it? Jeez. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if uh, Tyler has a cat that, uh, cause he said he lost some of his suspension parts. He, he got it right. He got it fixed, but I'm not sure right was, uh, it was quite not what he wanted to, but you know, when you've only got uh, a little bit of time, I, I have hours. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. actually tell this story, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure he's a listener and uh, a guy that I used to go to some uh, model car weekends away. You know, we used to uh, get in the car and uh, drive down, you know, four or six hours and, and go to some of the model car contests, uh, uh, you know, out, out of our local area. Yeah, in, other, in other words, you're talking about northern Washington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, northern Washington, uh, even, you know, south of Seattle. So, uh, okay. We, but, uh, you know, there there may have been a dinner with uh, a little bit of wine flowing and a couple of beers in the room. And a show and tell is never a good idea when you've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> uh, so so this story uh, of Tyler just before a model car contest having to fix things, uh, add, add a slight hangover to that uh, equation. And that just reminds me of another friend of mine. Uh-huh. Who will remain nameless uh, to avoid embarrassing him? Well, I'll let you get away with that this time. <laughs> uh, John, number 11 blades. I mentioned that there's a I don't a good use a lot of them. All right, you're a scalpel guy. Yeah, well, not so much a scalpel guy, but I have a just a regular utility knife that I prefer for general things. I can snap off, a, well, say a utility knife, an Ulfa knife. Ugh. Really? Yeah, I love it. All right. So yours doesn't roll off the desk and stick into your leg or anything like that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, I won't w- say I learned the lesson the hard way. No, I didn't do that. But I don't want to learn that lesson either. Yeah. I've not had it stick into me, but um, I did have it actually stick into... Uh, A toe. No. Oh, darn. E- even worse than that, uh, it rolled off and landed... Uh, in between my lap, if you know what I mean. Uh, the, so, so you tried to impale the family jewels. Uh, y- yes, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the the do it yourself, uh, no more kids version. 
if, if if my chair had been an extra inch under the um, the the uh, table, it would have uh, certainly been a, a much more entertaining uh, discussion. Yeah, you would be talking at a higher pitch now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, uh, number eleven blades. I know uh, I can't tell you the number of times I have cut myself with those. Uh, you know, I I have the love hate with super glue. Uh, I've had to glue glue myself together. Uh, have Have you ever cut yourself badly, John? No, no. Knock knock on wood, and I'm knocking on my desk. Uh uh-uh. uh I've never cut myself badly. Oh, good, good. Okay, yeah, I've I've had a few, nothing too bad, but I've heard some horror stories from other people. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Dominic has uh, a story for us uh, on audio, so I'm going to play that now. Hello, everyone. My name is Dominic Gerace, and I'd like to thank you all for inviting me to share my horror story. One of the very first Scale Auto Enthusiast magazines I purchased had an article on an AAR CUDA. This was early 1987. I thought it would be interesting to follow along and do the same conversion. This required ordering a vacuum-formed hood and getting bits and pieces from other kits. All things I had never done before. I would say it came out decent. Definitely a fun experience. I was very excited when Ravel announced they'd be releasing a AAR CUDA kit in 1995. That was until I got my hands on the kit. It was awful to say the least. The body was converted from a Challenger. Everything was all out of whack. The only good things were the decals and the hood. Around that time, I found the message board Hobby Heaven. Every night I looked forward to reading pages of posts, collecting ideas for future builds of my own. I recall everyone complaining about that kit. A friend of mine in the Liars Club helped me create a conversion kit using pieces from Ravel's AAR CUDA. We built a nice AAR replica out of the Monogram 71 CUDA. I was big into resin casting and at the time had made several copies for myself and some to sell. Somewhere around 2005, a gentleman on the message board by the name of Chris Loudon began working on a conversion that involved combining Ravel's AAR CUDA mess with the 71 monogram CUDA. He pointed out some inaccuracies with the 71 and its greenhouse area. Essentially what he did was take the sides of the 71 and graft them to the top of the 70 CUDA mess. His came out pretty nice. Me being one who loves a challenge, decided to follow along and do it myself. It was probably the most involved conversion I had done to date. I had saved all of his pictures on my computer, spent weeks drawing with marker on both cars where to cut, what would be used and what would be discarded. Finally, the razor saw came out and I went to town. The end result came out looking very close to what he had. There were some gaps that were a little larger than I had planned, but I had plenty of body filler on hand and it was ready for primer. About this time, my wife and I were having issues. 
I didn't like the people she was contacting on the internet and talking to on the phone. She said I was overreacting. But words were being exchanged with another guy that I didn't particularly care for. Things were escalating. I got into a conversation with her mother one afternoon while I was at work. Over the phone, her mother told me that my wife was afraid of me. I told my mother-in-law what I had heard and that I confronted my wife about it and she tried to blow it off. I got mad. My wife was not too thrilled that I got her mother involved. She got so mad, in fact, that she decided to lash out at me while I was at work. The only thing she thought she could do that would upset me enough was to destroy what I was working on. So she took a hammer to a 124th scale limelight superbird. What she did not realize was that the core was a die cast and the hammer did not have the desired effect. The roof was caved in and the wing was broken. But other than that, it fared pretty well. That was when she found the project I was working on, the poor AAR CUDA. To say it was unrecognizable would be an understatement. Every seam I had meticulously filled came apart. It was flatter than flat. The poor car never even saw a primer. I came home later that day and eventually walked past my model desk. There I saw the crushed Superbird and the remains of my AAR CUDA project. My five-year-old son, who happened to be standing next to me, said, Daddy, what happened to your Superbird? I laughed and said, I think Mommy's mad at Daddy. The CUDA had been sacrificed, but had not yielded the desired result. I guess it gave its life in vain. Years after the divorce, my ex-wife asked me why I laughed. I said I really wasn't sure. I guess in all my years of building models, I was never the type to destroy them. Even though my friends tempted me with firecrackers and smoke bombs, I never took them up on the offer. To finally see one of my creations destroyed struck me as humorous for some reason. Oh, John. So Dominic's wife crushed a yeah. couple of kids. Ex-wife. Yeah. Ex-wife. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're not married? I'm very glad that I am single. <laughs> when I when I hear stories like that, dang, single life sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, I I could just uh, imagine how tough that was. Oh. I, I'm I'm sure his reaction at the time was probably a little less uh, chill than than his comments now. Uh, but looking back on it, I'm glad he could see some of the humor in the story at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 yeah. I've I've never you know I I've got an ex wife and uh, things were never that bad that uh, she ever destroyed a kid of mine. But um, I'm I'm really glad it didn't go that way. Yeah. Damn. Ugh. Okay. Sorry about that, Dominic. I I, yeah. I guess uh, one of the questions should be: Did he ever actually go back and build the rebuild the AR cooter? I never. I never no, we got didn't, that. Yeah, we didn't ask, did we? Well, we'll have to ask. Hey, Dominic. <laughs> we'll catch you on, catch you on uh, Slack in a little bit and see what you got to say about it. Yeah, because I, I, that would be the ultimate uh, revenge, wouldn't it? For, you know, 
Well, I, yeah, you crushed it. I fixed it. I, I built a new one, and it's even better. So, hmm. I, though, you know, much like the fact I can't even go back and uh, fix a paint job after I've screwed it up, I don't know if his heart would be in it. Well, you can't fix super glue, so not when it's on your paint. <laughs> this is true. You just that that that's just turn it around, make sure the bad side's facing the wall, and be happy with it. Uh, both sides are facing the inside of a box. Oh well, that's that works, I guess. <laughs> hey, all right. Uh, Chris has got one of his uh, stories. Uh, just for remember, us. we have two Chris's on uh, uh, Chris Martin on the Slack channel now. <laughs> Chris Martin. Uh, sorry, Chris. Uh, and they're both Chris M's as well. Yeah, that's that's why I was having trouble when I was trying to think. But earlier, it's, wait a minute, I know it's an M. <laughs> yes, uh, that's going to mess everybody up, but that's okay. We will we will fix that. Um, well, all right. yeah, we'll we'll just have to change your names, to Chris One and Chris Two. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We've got, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least Chris Martin has a, uh, a last name we can use as his first name. This is true. Anyway, we won't do that to you, Chris. No, 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 no. Or Chris's, or I wonder what the plural of Chris is. Chris <laughs> I. Let's <laughs> not go. Oh man, nope. <laughs> Uh, so Chris Martin, he wrote in to tell us about his horror story. A number of years ago, I was taking some pictures of models to post online. The best spot I had at the time was on the back deck of my parents' house. I had a model of a Ford Courier that I was taking pictures off that managed to roll off the railing. Two stories to the ground. Thankfully, he was able to put it together as none of the body broke. But bits of the chassis did. Have you ever dropped anything, John? Mm, certainly not like that. I'm sure I've dropped something over the years or at least fumbled something, but I've never done that. I have seen pictures from uh, modelers here in Quebec where they're living in an apartment or a condo and, you know, they have a 18-wheel semi parked on the railing of their, of their balcony. And it's like, how many stories up are you? Heck, even one story. No. <laughs> I, I, I think that is my ultimate fear. Um, I, and I, I kind of have, I, I have this problem. Uh, I, I live in a small house. My model kits are on the top of a high shelf, uh, above, um, doorways so that like, it's the only place that I have for the yeah. finished kits. And I worry so, uh, so essentially much. it's like a uh, plate rail is what you're talking about then. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, they're six feet high, seven feet high. Um, yep. and that scares the bejesus out of me that one day one of those shelves will fail. Um, they are drilled into studs and nailed into the wall in such a way that, uh, I could probably actually do pull-ups on them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but I, still, I, yeah. I, it, it is, it is a place and I read this and I go, yeah, you know, 52 piece pickup, uh, from, you know, all the kids that are up 52 there. 52 piece, 152 pieces. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a scary thought. Per kit. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh, oh what a, scary. Yeah. Now, 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 now I'm actually, I read that again. And I'm thinking, what about my kits? That's scary. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Oh, t- uh, th- yeah. I, I, I don't so much say I've had one roll off the shelf, but there was one time, in my first year as an adult builder, I got invited to a show in a shopping center. And I was, one of my models at that time was a fictional uh, fire chief's car for the city of Magog. We didn't have a fire chief's car back then. We do now, but 
that's irrelevant, but uh, one of the, you know, it was in a shopping center. It was just out in the mall and some lady walking by just decided she ought to uh, put her hand on it and roll it down the table. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hi, have you ever, we've got nothing in the show notes, but it's a question just occurred to me. Model car contests. Have you ever had somebody pick up, a, pick up one of your cars and or damage it at a contest? No. Never had that. Uh, what do you display just on on the uh, put put them on the uh, tables, yep. or do you put them on bases? I put them straight on the tables. Mm. I, I I actually saw one of my early early uh, model car contests that I went to. I actually saw somebody moving somebody else's uh, models on the table, mm-hmm. and the idea of having somebody grab my model and move it. <sighs> You know, I, I know where the weak spots are, uh, but uh, yeah, nobody you know else. The strong what, parts are too. <laughs> yeah, I know what to what to touch, um, but the idea of somebody just stressed. grabbing it and moving it. So one of the things I actually do, and I don't know if I mentioned this before when we're talking about uh, uh, model contests uh, way back when, uh, but I actually put mine on little. They're they're not bases. Like I I hate people that use the big diorama base and call it well. It's not actually doing anything, so it's just a display base. But I do put my kits on very small display bases. That way, mm-hmm. if a contest judge needs to move mine, you know, uh, this yeah, class pick, pick is getting full. Pick up by the base. <laughs> yep. Uh, you want to look at it? Fair enough. Great. Go ahead. Use care. But uh, I uh, that that scares me, people touching my, my kits and moving them. I'm, I'm playing, you know, rolling them down, down the, uh, down down the table. Tops. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, I had a friend of mine. I, I, again, no names because uh, we're protecting the uh, the protecting guilty. the innocent modelers. <laughs> no, we're protecting the guilty in this case. The guilty, okay. Um, he was having. He he was a guy that uh, was a lot of fun, uh, but he was, uh, you know, he had a temper, and he was having some frustrations with final assembly of a kit because we've never ever had that before. Oh we, no, 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 no. no. You know, where thing, things just nicely, uh, that interior tub just nicely slides into place and uh, <laughs> holds the glass firmly without uh, yeah. changing anything. If it's not a Tamiya, it's odds are you're going to have that problem. If it is a Tamiya, <laughs> there's this, no problems. <laughs> this wasn't a Tamiya. I don't remember if it was a Ravel or if it was um, uh, an AMT kit, but uh, uh, he was having a little bit of frustration. And you know how sometimes you do, you get upset, ah, slam your fist onto the desk. Mm. He cut the model. The model went spinning into the wall behind his desk. Cracked the paint job, lost parts. Um, I, I don't, I never actually saw the model afterwards. He told me about it and kind of fessed up to it, but, uh, yeah, the, the idea of just, you know how you just catch the edge of something where, you know, we've all done it with paint jars and things like that that we spilled. Mm-hmm. Yep. He did it with his almost finished but not quite assembled model and uh, destroyed the whole thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it makes my um, my super glue uh, not look so oh, yeah, good. Oh, your super glue looks good in comparison to that. Yeah. Uh, well, it cracked. I, I think it cracked one of the, uh, I think it was an A-pillar that it cracked. And oh. uh, caused uh, crazing of uh, the paint around it. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, and it would have been, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, and buy I, another kit, try again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have one of those uh, mythical spaces behind your desk that eats um, muddled car pieces? Not so much. Well, you see, they, this this will go along with my story, too. Okay. Because it's just, it's just how it is. Uh, a long time ago, I would have, this would have been the late 80s, the early 90s, I bought a resin truck cab conversion for an international truck. It was, I want to say a 93 or 9400. I forget what which model it was, but it was the new aerodynamic tractor that International had just introduced. And, you know, there was a resin cabin hood molded as one piece and there was a separate resin bumper. Well... At that point, my painting was done in a converted cardboard box. Yeah, not not the best, I know, but hey, I've learned from that lesson. And it was in a room that had in the basement with a concrete floor. Well, I dropped that bumper. I heard it hit the floor. And to this day, you know, in other words, 30 years, we'll say 30 years later, I have yet to see that bumper. So I, I assume something on the floor either <laughs> ate it or it turned, reverted into its base components, dust. <laughs> Never saw a piece of that bumper to this day. <laughs> and, and after my father passed away, you know, I cleaned that whole room. I moved stuff that hadn't been used, moved in 25 years, and there was still no bumper. Uh, you know what's going to happen. Uh, long after you even remember this, you'll go down there and you'll stub your toe or tread on something in the middle of the room. And you you won't know how it got there in the middle oh, of the room. I can see that conceivably happening, but five years Jesus. later, thirty years later, like how did this stay in the middle of the room for so long and me never find it? Well, it would be one thing if I didn't have a cat. Seems I have a cat who patrols the basement regularly, looking for whatever he can get into. Ah, it's conceivable he could find it. <laughs> this is true, and I've, just dra drag it out. <laughs> I've, I've actually done that. Uh, I didn't even think about that as a horror story, uh, but I've actually found things like a year later that were in such an obvious spot that it's like, no, how can that... How did have... I miss that? Yeah, it's like, no, that can't have been there for the last year because I had to do something else to, to finish that kit. And yet here it is. And that's the part I was looking for. Uh, have mm -hmm. you ever had anything weird like that? Or is that just me? Uh, you've, you've got a cat yeah, you can I... blame. I've got, yeah, I've got a cat, but I haven't had the cat, you know, I haven't had the cat a year yet. So it's not, I can, that I can say that, yes, I've had pieces magically reappearance, like how, why, where, and okay, whatever, just <laughs> whatever, you know, I don't know how it happened, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th I think it's something to do with like carpet is great for that. It hides things forever until for some reason it pops it back up and spits it out. The carpet monster. Yes, the carpet I, monster that hides Lego <laughs> just so that you can find those oh, with your bare feet. God, no. God. But we are talking horror stories. Yeah, that is a horror story. I never stepped on the stuff, but I sure in heck played with it as a kid. <laughs> I, well, you know what? Uh, AMT is coming back out with their uh, their new their Lego stuff. Models. Their brick models. Their brick mm. models just, to, just hey. for a whole new generation of unsuspecting parents. Yeah. Except they are suspecting because there's a there's a TV show. I hinted at it last time. I hadn't seen it then, but there's a TV show now on the Fox Network that is called Lego Masters. Oh yeah! Wow, that's all I got to say. I've watched two episodes, and I don't so much need the format of the show. I don't need to see them like they did last week, where they destroy what everybody built. But 
boy, there's an awful lot of stuff you can do with Lego that I couldn't even begin to dream of when I was a kid. Yeah, it's a whole lot different between the uh, two one by fours and the uh, yes, two, the one by fours and the eight by eights and whatever else that we had. Yep. Uh, Nowadays, oh they, my god, they have some pretty <laughs> cool. You know, they have heads and feet and legs and whatever else now. Yes, and different different types of wheels, different t- sizes of wheels and tires, and yep. oh my god, wow! All right, I think we're pretty much uh, talking our. Horror stories section. Yeah, I think we're death. done with the horror stories. <laughs> I, if you guys have anything to share when you're listening, I drop us a line because uh, you know sometimes as you as you, it, it just reminds us. Of well, yeah, that, that, that's that's how I came up with the, the the truck bumper. I had forgotten about that, and especially about the lady moving the car down the uh, display table in the shopping center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot completely gone. Just popped into my head. Oh, <laughs> and, and if we have things to share. I'm guessing that a lot of you modelers, as you're sitting there listening to this, you're going, oh, I remember that time. Tell us about it. Let's, let's hear it. We'll, we'll share some follow-up on this if we, if we get some good follow-up. Yeah, you can, write a, you can write them in or you can record them like uh, Dominic did or Mickey. What, whatever. <laughs> Too many names. <laughs> I've never been good with names. I'm good with faces. I'm good with voices. We, names. We, eh. We just changed everybody's name to Chris, and then we don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, there you go. Chris 1, Chris 2, Chris 3, Chris 4. Oh, we don't even number them. We just have a generic Chris for everybody. And see who answers first. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you got this. All right. There you go. Uh, we Speaking of Chris's, uh, we have a question today from a Chris. From the other Chris. The other. <laughs> uh, Chris Meacham, uh, what pressures do you use for different types of media through the airbrush? Uh, paint versus clear versus primer. Acrylic, acrylic ugh, speaking the English, uh, acrylic versus lacquer versus enamel. And how do you thin them? Uh, John, I'll let you take the lead on this one because this... Uh, I am the lead proponent for Team Airbrush, so uh, yeah, I guess that means me. Uh, I don't alter the pressure unless I'm trying to, you know, trying for a special effect. Uh, I generally run my pressure at 12 to 18 PSI and the amount of thinner is varied to make sure that the paint flows at what I need it to flow at. And I also have to, you know, I guess remind Chris Meacham, I don't know if he was here way back at the beginning when we talked about how I paint, but I paint thin, soft, and close, meaning the paint is thin, the air pressure is low, and I am close to the model, as in the tip of the airbrush is generally an inch or less from the surface that's being painted. So it's all a matter of adjusting how much thinner you're putting into everything. And as you know, we're, we're talking about paint versus clear versus primer. Uh, generally with primer, it comes for me, it'll come out of a spray can. I'll put it into my airbrush bottle and I'll paint. I don't generally thin it. I found that generally I don't have that problem. And the same, the paint and the clear it depends on who's made the paint, who's made the clear. You know, generally now I'm using the Tamiya clear and I'm finding I do need to thin it just a little, but, you know, if you ask what's a little, whatever it takes to spray it, if that makes sense. Enamel, sorry, I haven't touched enamel in years. <laughs> acrylics, I do airbrush the Tamiya acrylics from time to time. 
And that's generally just a matter of a few drops of thinner because I'm not using much of the paint to begin with. So just a couple drops, a couple, five, six drops of thinner and good to go. As for thinning them, uh, generally, I know some people are going to say you can't do that, but yeah, I use lacquer thinner to thin everything. It doesn't matter if it's actual lacquer paint or acrylic paint. And I, and I, and I know it works with enamel too, but I use lacquer thinner to thin everything. So, Hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. There's, I'm sure that'll get some emails. Cause I know there's some people, no, no, you can't do that. Yes. You can thin acrylic with lacquer, but you have to do, you do have to be careful with it because if you thin it too much, it's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Can I give you the real answer now? Sure. <laughs> Go for it. Well, you, you I, I, changed I actually, my mind. <laughs> I'm actually joking about that, but uh, you know, we we have proven that there's multiple ways to do everything, and that John well, yeah. and I don't agree on much. No, and as you know, I've got a friend. He's <laughs> he's much more of a dog person, even though he grew up on a on a dairy farm where there are lots of cats. And as far as he's concerned, there's always another way to skin a cat. Uh, are you volunteering? <laughs> No, I'm not volunteering, but... Okay, good. I, uh, we, we do, this podcast does not propone any cruelty to animals. No, but a certain friend of mine does. Okay. What, well, let, comes into the house. Cats. What's, what's how the about, cat done? How I'll about painting through, uh, through, through <laughs> airbrushes? So uh, I, I don't do a lot of um, bodies as much as John anyway. John is certainly more the expert in there. He uses the Norby method, which is the uh, lower pressure and a little bit closer. Uh, when, when I paint, I tend to do it a little differently. Uh, I still run a fairly low pressure. I'm a little higher than John. I'm in the 17 to 18 uh, PSI range. Um, like John, I can't remember the last time I've shot enamel. Uh, I think I probably have some bottles kicking around, but I... Uh, yeah, it's it's been 20-odd years since I've used enamel. Um, I use uh, usually lacquer and uh, acrylics. If I am airbrushing lacquer, I uh, I don't decant stuff like John. If it comes in an airbrush or if it comes in a rattle can, I'm team rattle can the whole way. Uh, I can get good enough results for what I need out of that. If I am using uh, bottled lacquers, uh, I have uh, reducers, automotive uh, reduce, lacquer reducers that I have that are temperature controlled. Uh, so if I'm running on a hot summer's day, I have a hotter one. If I'm running in the winter, I have a colder one. Uh, that way I can get the flow rate that I need out of the lacquer for airbrushing, which is probably way more complicated than John would ever consider. Well, technically I have the same thing. I know I have a, <laughs> my lacquer thinner is one of the good, one of the good things. I got it from an auto parts store. It was 40 odd dollars back then. This is 25 years ago and I'm still using that one can exclusively for thinning everything. Yeah. I use, you know, I use the cheap stuff from Canadian Tire or a hardware store to clean up afterwards, but I do use the good stuff like you. It is temperature rated. I think it's, good. Good. I think mine is cool, but I'd have to check. Yeah, I my basement, I usually use cool because my basement is fairly cool. But uh, in the summer when it does get a little warmer, uh, I, I find that uh, I don't get enough flow out of that. Uh, as for acrylics, I am pretty much a Tamiya convert as far as their acrylics. And the one thing I do use is the Tamiya acrylic um, uh, 
thinner. Thinner. Uh, it is expensive. Yes, I know that. Um, it works. It works really well. Um, I've never had a problem with those. And, you know, as, as I talked about on the last episode, I do surprisingly more airbrushing than I actually care to admit to to John. Uh, <laughs> because once once my compressor broke and I realized just how many times I needed to go in to uh, do, do some detail work with my airbrush, uh, I do use that quite a bit. Uh, I, I use, uh, I still have a collection of them. God only knows when I run out. Uh, I used to go to the photography department at the local stores and pick up all, all of their film canisters. And I, you know, I've probably got enough uh, to, uh, I, I've got a drawer full of the, or maybe half a drawer left of those. I mix those in a film canister. Um, thinning, I thin by eye. Uh, I use a, I've got a little, um, I think it's uh, Gunsy, makes a little metal flat uh, paint stirrer. I think it's got yeah, a... Tamiya makes some too. Okay, maybe it's a Tamiya one. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little metal one. I use that. And then to see how thick uh, the the paint is, uh, what I do is actually take that and swish it up the side of the uh, container that I'm using, and I look at how quickly it uh, it comes down. It's a bit like, I don't know if you drink wine. If you drink wine, uh, you look at what's called the legs. You swish a, a bottle of wine, and the amount of sugar that's in the wine actually shows you how quickly the, the wine runs down the glass back into the, into the wine itself. I use a similar type of um, idea for okay. thinning. You thin, it to the, you thin it to the consistency of wine. I don't drink, but well, I, well, it's, it's I've, not, always, I've worked to the, uh, the, to the concept of thinning it to the consistency of milk. Yeah, I, I, actually go, I actually go to milk. Pull some up the side of the bottle and see how it runs down. And if I like it, it's good. If it's not, well, <laughs> either add more paint or add more thinner. Um, yeah, I don't use uh, lacquer thinner to to thin my acrylics. That uh, no, no, but it's the same concept. I, I, I have to send uh, John an email and complain about that. <laughs> all right, hopefully no, no, that we'll, answers we'll, your question. We'll send that Chris. to the circular file. <clears throat> yes. Uh, all right, recommendation section, John. What do you got today? I see. I see you're going on to the dark side again. Yeah, but it's so nice on the dark side. They have cookies. Do they? Well, yeah, but then uh, again, that's, that's I guess that only counts because I make my own cookies. So, <laughs> okay, my recommendation is once again on YouTube, you can subscribe to Fine Scale Modeler's new product rundown. Now you're going to say, why would I want to do that? Because they don't review cars and trucks. This is true, but as I said earlier, I consider myself a modeler first. You know, the car, truck, airplane. Eh. You're splitting hairs in my book. If it's a model, I like to build it. That's cool. But, but they do review cars, the occasional car kits, every now and again, ever since Tim Kidwell came back to being on, being involved with the new product rundowns. Seeing as he's the editor of Scale Auto now, he gets the occasional segment. I'd like to say it's, you know, at least once a month. It's, well, they only do the show twice a month. So I don't, it's not every month, but I guarantee you, within two months, you will see a car kit being reviewed. And that's darn cool. The The regular hosts are plenty fun as is. Aaron, Aaron Skinner, who's got an Australian accent. I assume that's because he's from Australia. And Elizabeth Nath, Nash. I don't know where she's from, but I'm assuming the United States. And yeah, they're both fun. 
Uh, there's always the fun part after they're actually done the reviews. They will review three or four kits generally per episode. And at the end, Justin puts an R outtakes at the beginning. Well, the, on there, they put the outtakes in after the episode. So you can always stick around to see how somebody is flubbing their lines in that episode. Ah, because we never flub our lines. Oh, no. No, everything's intentional around here, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Uh, So what is the, for a car modeler, how much unrelated car content do you have to watch to get uh, relevant car content on that channel? Well, right now it seems like it's more... You sort of get lucky if you get what I mean. <laughs> okay. It's, you know, uh, I I was, there, there was a new episode on that I watched Friday or Saturday morning. And I said, yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen a car review. And there was, and there was Tim Kidwell on with a car review. And I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> I know it hadn't been done for an episode or two. So that's a month and a half between episodes, between kit reviews. And yeah, there's always going to be, they're always going to talk about the other stuff as in cars or, not cars, but airplanes or tanks or science fiction or or ships. But what do you expect? It is fine scale modeler. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read their magazine and uh, don't recall, I, I I don't recall a high a high amount of content. Uh, no, there, ne- there never was a majority. high amount of content, but, and virtually nothing since, uh, Kambach bought Scale Auto, so... But, mm-hmm. hey, that was take, the first model magazine I ever started getting. <laughs> yep, you can take what you can get. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm, I'm going to go down a, uh, a literary uh, rabbit hole for, for mine again. So I was watching... There's a story behind this, because, you know, it's me. There's always a story and a reason to talk. <laughs> um, my wife, the other night, decided that we should... Uh, watch a romantic comedy uh, on a Friday night. We had dinner, we had a glass of wine, and we, we were having a, a date night, uh, as I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. And was this on Valentine's? No, it was the week before. Oh, darn. <laughs> uh, Valentine's, we had the kid in the house, so, uh, you uh, know, that, 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 that complicates no, things. There was no dating that night. Um, I, I no. think we had takeout pizza actually on Valentine's Day because we are so romantic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you're old romantics. That's what it is. <clears throat> We're married. We don't do that stuff anymore. Old married folks. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, back to my story of this wonderful movie. Uh, my wife went through the many, many streams of content coming in and picked this wonderful show called The Leisure Seekers. Have you ever heard of it? Mm, can't say as I have. Okay. Uh, great. I don't stream. So. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you said stream and not streak, but that's a whole different. Uh... <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, oh boy, uh, this is going off the rails, isn't it? This isn't working uh-huh. well. Okay, I don't so know about the, it. I'm this, enjoying myself. <laughs> this movie it has uh, Donald Sutherland in it. Uh, oh, a- a- amazing actor! It has yes. uh, Helen Mirren as his wife, and yes. uh, a few a few other well known actors in there. These were the these were the stars of the show. And it was, uh, it looked to be about uh, two elderly people. Uh, their, their son is trying to put one of them in a home and they decide to go on this last um, getaway in their vintage Winnebago. Mm. 
and uh, it uh, it looked like it could be a funny romantic comedy. Well, he has dementia and she has end stage cancer, and this is their last getaway. But hmm. uh, they they start in northeastern U.S. and their goal is to visit the family places in South Carolina, I think it is, and then go to uh, uh, Donna Sutherland plays a retired teacher who loves Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. So they're going down to visit his, uh, his writing home in Key West in Florida. And this got me thinking that uh, despite Hemingway being sort of a classic author, I have never actually read him. So I, of course, uh, went out onto Amazon and bought a couple of books. And uh, uh, Hemingway uh, was publishing, you know, in the early 1900s. Uh, the book I've got... Uh, the first one I started with is For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh, and it's remarkably well-written, and it holds up very well 80 years later. Uh, this was released, I think, 1939, 1940. Um, it's a story about um, a, the Spanish uh, Civil War in 36 to 39, and about a, uh, a guy from the Resistance that's going in to blow up um, a bridge, and it's about the people that he enlists and the help he gets, uh, and some amazing character development. Um, you know, given uh, you, you know this was an American author writing writing this, really, really good, engaging story. Um, kind of war related, so it, it it I think it if some of our our modeling listeners like something a little bit out there. Want to pick up a classic book? Uh, I certainly recommend this. So uh, Ernest, Ernest Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm about halfway through it, and I've only had it for, you know, four or five days. So uh, strong recommendation. Have you ever read any Hemingway, John? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you're ever bored and want to try something, it's actually a really good place to start. Yeah, I'm just trying to find, figure out which movie it was that he did, because I know where he lives, so... <laughs> You're going to track him down. No, I don't have to track him down. I know where he lives. I just wanted, was wondering where they were going to, where they'd shot the movie. That's all. Mm, okay. So you, you've, you've been down to the Key West? No, we're talking about Donald Sutherland. Oh, Donald Sutherland. Okay. Yes. I thought we were talking about <laughs> Hemingway. Nope. Sorry about that. Donald Sutherland. That's why I was a little confused. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. You can, the other one, uh, Mr. Hemingway, I know you can find out uh, where he where he where he did all his writing, I've seen it on TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, okay. It does mention that here about Donald Sutherland. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's uh, wrap up the show. Unless you got anything else you want to add, John. Hi, folks. This is Pat. Apparently, I wasn't on the show today, so I needed to let you guys know that uh, Sunday, March eighth, in Toronto, Group Twenty Five is holding their 8th annual model car and slot car hobby flea market. That's uh, just, uh, there's no contest, no show, there's just a gymnasium full uh, model cars and slot cars available for purchase. Uh, I will be there. I will be there vending some uh, some stuff. Uh, admissions, 5 bucks. Uh, 12 and under are free. Uh, doors open about 9.30 a.m., runs till about 2.30, 3 o'clock. And this is at the Franklin Horner Community Center, 432 Horner Avenue in Etobicoke. Horner just uh, 
just east of Brown's Line. Uh, it's where uh, Group 25 holds their September show and flea market. And this is the spring, uh, well, almost spring. Uh, it's the late winter um, hobby flea market. So, um, yeah, come on out. If you're in the Toronto area, Group 25 Model Builders Club's 8th Annual Model Car and Slot Car Hobby Flea Market. If you're going to be in southern Quebec on Saturday, March the 8th, there's a show called Plastomania that you can attend if you are if you are so interested. It'll be at the Knights of Columbus Hall at 335 6th Avenue in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu or Iberville. And the theme is emergency vehicles. Hope to see you there, guys. Uh, show notes for this episode we've we've mentioned uh, several links uh please go to modelcar.show slash podcast slash slash zero three one this is episode 31 uh if you have any questions or want to join our slack uh, feel feel free to drop us an email modelcarpodcast at gmail.com uh john i forgot that we had done something for you the place to find you yeah john john uh, that actually sends a link to John's uh, profile on our website, and you can click on that and find his links to Facebook, Faki, and Instagram, which I'll put in there. Uh, he is on Facebook. Where are you on Facebook, John? Just in case anybody doesn't want to go to your website. John K. Dezan at on Facebook. And at least I believe. <laughs> John. And also, yeah, John.K.Dezan. John.K.Dezan? No. Yes. Oh. That's what your login is, or your uh, URL is. Anyway, if you search for okay. John if K. Dazan, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, John.K.Dazan. See? But you didn't put in the second dot. I did. I didn't hear it. Oh, well, minor detail. Old, my hearing. Well, we're, we're going a little dotty today after such yeah, we're, a long we're episode. <laughs> we're, we're, we managed to pull off like a long episode without Pat. Wow. He'll be impressed. <laughs> I think Chris number one will like it. Oh, I know he'll love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, where's your where's your Fock key, John? Uh, Public.fockkey.com slash JK Duzan. All right. Uh, I have a bunch of projects. Uh, best place to find them is go to my personal website, uh, justintwyford.com. Uh, that's got some of my uh, projects, a uh, little bit about me, and uh, some of my links to social media, as well as my writing on productivity and management and leadership and all of those wonderful things that have nothing to do with model cars. If you want to find the website for our show, it is modelcar.show. No, it doesn't sound like a real domain, but yes, it is. If you want to find us on any of the social medias, we are Model Car Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us and tag us and let us know what you think. Uh, much thanks to our patron producers for this episode. Chris Martin, Dragon Speed Shop. The esteemed Pat Redmond. Alex Thomas, Mickey Gerace, who has also been called Dominic, so I think we've given him a bit of an identity crisis. And Jameston at Scale Finishes. Uh, we thank you all for your support. And I think that concludes our long-winded and slightly uh, off-topic, off-topic, <laughs> walk-in-the-park, meandering episode. Eh, Say goodbye, but John. But it was fun. Goodbye, John.